Rajni, what's wrong? Tom, I have a script and I don't know what to do with it. Should I burn it? Feed it to my cat? You need some writer's group therapy. Hello, and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. So this week, we're going to talk about the end of the world. Well, not really. We're going to talk about the movie Annihilation, which kind of pretends the end of the world. Uh, At least it does in the beginning of the movie. And if you haven't seen Annihilation and you want to see it still, or you want to read the book, be careful because we will probably have some spoilers this week. Woohoo! Spoilers! You have been warned. Spoilers. Yeah. I really enjoyed Annihilation, uh, but I actually, I think in this case, I'm the one who read, I didn't read the whole book. I think I read part of the book and then I think I got sidetracked or something. I never got back to finish it. I was going to ask you, why didn't you finish the book? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I might have been, I I can't remember if I got a sample chapter or a couple sample chapters off of Kindle and never finished, never got the whole book or whatnot. I I just can't remember. But I was really captivated by the idea. And so I was really excited when I heard the movie was coming out. And I really enjoyed the movie, but I, I had this issue when I was watching it that I kept waiting for things that were in the book that I had part of the book that I had read to happen that never happened. So I kind of had this weird anxiety. And I think you might have had that similarly. We talked about that during the, we talked about Ready Player One, uh, things that you you expected from the, the book that weren't in the movie. So so that's a tricky tricky thing you have to do with adaptations. You never You never get exactly what's in the book in the movie. You know what though? I will say, I have not read the book. One of my coworkers has read the entire trilogy. And when I watch movies, I especially horror films, because I hate freaking out and being scared, I will Wikipedia it and get the plot ahead of time. So it's not really a good ap- adaptation. You can't really call it that. It's more like he had source material and was just like, let me just kind of do my own thing with it. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I felt like things went a little sideways and uh, like the story really went off in a different direction about halfway through. So mm-hmm. um, first of all, um, one of the most interesting things I thought was a, an interesting choice was in the book, the four characters or the, uh, the four or five main characters going on the expedition, the four women, they do not give them names in the book. They call them the biologist and the psychologist and the, you know, Zeno, whatever, whatever the, you know, the different, you know, specialties they had, the doctor or whatever it was, they never gave them names. And they did that for, there was a reason I can't remember. I think it had to do with, they were worried about the way that the, the area that they went into affected people or something. So that was kind of interesting choice. So they gave them names in the movie that they didn't have in the book. I guess that's just easier to, to call people by a single name versus, hey, doctor, or hey, you know, biologist or whatever it is. So that was kind of neat. One of the other weird things was they seemed to downplay the male-female issue. Yeah. In the book, they basically said right up front that men were affected in the zone, whereas women were not. And uh, so that was kind of interesting. They, they talk about how they're sending this all-female group in, but they don't really talk about how there's a physiological difference or something that let the, uh, the, lady, the, the women go in without having the same serious side effects as the men. And then the one other big difference I noticed in what I saw was all the women were affected by this, I guess it was a virus in the end. They, they kind of felt it was a virus that had changed their, 
DNA or whatever. In the book, uh, Natalie Portman's character, she actually gets infected by some spores from like a flower or a plant. And that's why she goes through these changes. Whereas the other ladies seem to have the other things going on that weren't necessarily related to that. So right off the bat, even from the very beginning, the, the inciting incidents and some of the, the key foundations of the book were already changed in the movie. Yeah, I think from what I understand, from what my coworker was saying about the book, it's it's not a monster movie. It's it's more about, I don't even know how you describe it, just more introspective and and like mysterious. And that's the draw of it. Whereas this one, I mean, my goodness, all the like hybrid monsters and then that weird alien thing. And I was just like, ah, ah, ah. I'm like watching it through my hands. And and I felt like, I mean, I, I know it's like the first of a trilogy. So there's a lot of things that aren't answered. But I'm also curious because they really changed, with the ending, they changed the entire arc of the book trilogy. So movie two would be completely whatever the screenwriter's creation is because they can't. With the, with the way they ended uh, the first movie, they can't continue with what the books are. So, I, and I don't know why they did it that way, but I mean, it worked. It was a creepy ending, but. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the first book, they actually go to, to investigate a giant tower that's kind of like almost like a, a spaceship crashed into the planet at the center of this anomaly. And they they venture into it and they're discovering things inside it. So in this one, I think they... They took the idea of this tower and turned it into that lighthouse on the coast where something crashed. It was like a meteor or alien spaceship or whatever it was. So they kind of changed that whole idea to make it less, I guess, less sci-fi, a little less alien. Although it does wind up being some sort of weird entity there at the end of the movie that that got really psychedelic at the end. That was trippy. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Was it a sci-fi movie or a horror movie? And I'm not saying you can't be both, but... I kind of went into it thinking it would be a sci-fi piece, and I was surprised at how many horror elements there were, and I don't know if I enjoyed it because of that. Yeah, it got pretty graphic in the mid middle part there, and the end was kind of obviously there was some immolation and other things happened that were kind of disturbing. <laughs> but you're right. I think in a science fiction movie, we always expect there to be some sort of scientific answer or at least something that drives us to seek a solution, that to see that there is purpose in what is happening. And I think they went, they actually kind of obfuscate, I can't say the word, uh, glossed over the the science towards the end and just made it into this confrontation with an alien creature. And then, you know, it, they blow, Natalie Portman blows them up and that's the end and it's over. But like you said, in the, in, they don't actually succeed in destroying the anomaly in the first book at the end. They never succeed in taking down the shit. Over all three books, the humor's there for the entire thing, and it kind of wins in the end. So, yeah. since they got rid of the shimmer in book one, I'm, or in movie one, I'm kind of like, where do you go from here? You got to rewrite the entire thing. I kind of wonder if they had like weren't really sure that it would warrant a sequel, so they didn't. They wanted to write it closed ended, and they figured maybe they had a way that they could start it up again, or have something different happen, or a different location, or something to do a second one. If if by chance the movie did well, which I just checked out the box office mojo and it, it didn't really make back its budget domestically, at least. It doesn't even look like it got a, a foreign release. I would argue with you that they did not close off the movie. There were too many questions that they never answered. I mean, they never answered how the Shimmer got there. They never answered 
just so many things like the alien and how it yeah. takes your form and all that stuff. You know, the, yeah. the previous um, oh. expeditions. They just, they didn't explain anything. That's one of my pet peeves. This movie did something that I actually find annoying in some movies. Um, it's, it happened in Atomic Blonde as well, the um, Shirley Theron um, spy thriller. Haven't seen it. Didn't look exciting to me. <laughs> no. Well, it wasn't that great. But in both movies, they start off by interviewing the heroine about what happened in the movie. So, you know, they survive. So they take away that mystery of like, are they going to make it to the end? Um, Obviously you don't know how it happens or what other extenuating circumstances she goes through. But because there's this interview process going on where she's retelling the story, you're kind of like, you know, we talk about stakes a lot. The stakes aren't there because you know, she's going to make it through. Of course there were other people that didn't, but still, you know, She's going to make it through whatever fight scene she's in. And that an Atomic Blonde, that was like one long fight scene, the whole movie. So, yeah. So that's one of my pet peeves in the movies. If you're going to do some sort of uh, flashback storytelling, is there a way to do it that keeps you still in suspense? You know, so um, it's very hard to do. And, you know, so maybe there's another way to write it so you don't have to use the flashback. Because I don't believe the movie was told or the book was told in flashback. I'm pretty sure it was straight linear. So. See, I actually don't mind that, you know, and their little twist at the ending was you're not sure if she's the alien or whatever. So I I get that. Uh, It's very subtle, but like it's in there, but I don't mind it. I can see why for an action film that is annoying. You're like, yeah, we, we, you know, (laughs) you have to know if the spy makes it through and we now know she's already alive. But I, I guess I just was bothered because they didn't answer any of the questions. And if they never make a movie two or movie three, Thanks for never answering the questions. Well, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, 2001, A Space Odyssey, that gets a little surreal at the end. Same with the sequel to that one. I mean, those are pretty iconic movies. You know, those kinds of movies, um, they're sci-fi and they pose deep, dark questions. And at the end, we we don't always get a clear answer because, unfortunately, in sci-fi, we don't always know the answers. We, We often you know, have to go out of the theater wondering and coming up with our own ideas, which is kind of kind of sometimes the point to make us think and wonder. So why do you think it didn't do so hot in the box office? I just think, well, first of all, we, we, it was a female-led sci-fi movie um, from a liter, uh, you know, a literary adaptation. Um, not a big, you know, action, uh, Marvel, comic book, you know, Star Wars kind of thing. So it had this deficit of awareness around it. And I don't even remember, I I can't remember seeing much marketing for it either. So um, it might've been a situation where the studio tested it and it didn't do great on the first week. So they just pull all their funding from the marketing and just let it go because they don't think they're going to make it back. So, you know, they either think, Either they put a lot of money behind it because they believe it's going to do well, but if they don't believe it's going to do well, they they kind of like say, okay, let's you know save what we can of this and not spend a uh, hundred million dollars marketing something that's not going to return it. So, so they kind of like sink their own ship when they do that. I think for me, it was just I didn't really care about the characters, even the lead. I understand they all have their own personal demons, and that's why they volunteered for the mission. They don't really show a lot of it. You know, I mean, they show Natalie Portman's backstory, but even then I'm like, okay, that's great. You know, so, so what? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I think it would have been interesting if maybe 
their interactions with the shimmer somehow brought out those internal demons or something instead of them running away from giant alligators and bears and stuff. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we may never know unless somebody <laughs> tries to redo this again someday. Which will probably happen, knowing Hollywood. So how about for you guys? What did you think of Annihilation? Let us know on Twitter at WG Therapy. You can also check us out online at writersgrouptherapy.com. And if you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with your friends. We'll see you next week. Bye.